Most of the times when you're having an intimate moment with somebody, it is just the two of you guys. It is just a part where you can kind of get together and really kind of vibe. So building on that intimate vibe is what we do. We yeah. sit there and say, hey, you know, this is your closed space. You know, you can you can close the dang on tent, like, you know, like enjoy each other, enjoy the vibe, enjoy the view and really kind of get to know your other person yeah. from afar. Before we get into this episode, I know you've been struggling with the idea of starting your own business and launching a premium product that you know is gonna transform lives. So I have a bomb resource for you. The man himself, Words Taylor, is going to help you launch your product or service for the clients who need your help right now. Now you can't call yourself a business owner unless you are getting in front of new clients every single day, and Words knows exactly how to do that. All you have to do is tap in so he can teach you his six-figure launch strategy that's produced over $5 million in client sales. So all you have to do is go to HighTicketLaunchSecrets.com. That's HighTicketLaunchSecrets.com and get into the free training. It's happening this week. So go to HighTicketLaunchSecrets.com and let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Young, and I have the fabulous Mr. Sagir Mitchell here joining me. One, part one or two, or I guess you could say half of Elevated mm -hmm. Picnics um, to share his story with us and share his experience as an entrepreneur. So I'm really excited to get into your story. I'm excited to be here for sure. Yeah, Thank definitely. Thank you for joining me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I am Sagir Mitchell, uh, one half of Elevated Picnics, uh, entrepreneur, newly, and was in the corporate world, but decided to kind of like change it up and, and do something for myself as well as for my lady, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for people out there too as well, just to kind of give them a different experience in the city of Atlanta. Yeah, mm -hmm. and through that, you guys do provide d different experiences with, through Elevated Picnics yeah. here in Atlanta where people can actually do, you guys have an outdoor picnic experience, but you had an indoor picnic experience. Yes, for correct, right? correct. We were, we were, um, we were collabing with one of my favorite plant shops in Atlanta, man, uh, Tropical Express, uh, ATL. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they do it like no no other. They um, they just kind of cater to the atmosphere. They make buying plants cool. And we were walking in there. We were just like, we, we love that tropical kind of like sexy theme. So we were just like, let's do it. Let's let's partner up with these guys. And they were on board with it. And we did a whole series in there of just picnics indoors, like around and surrounded by like a bunch of plants and just kind of just immersing yourself still as like you're feeling outside but inside at the same time yeah mm -hmm. it's like a whole vibe yeah for a person like me i, I really do want to work on my green thumb mm -hmm. i was like oh i just want to go just to be in the atmosphere oh my god when you dare every day like you bound to just buy at least two plants like, like <laughs> We started, we started grabbing so many plants. I got like 20, 30 of them things in the house. I got to like calm down. We got to calm down. Y'all plant parents. Man, it don't make no sense. Look, don't make no sense I ain't mad at it because I, I want to be a plant mom anyway. So, mm -hmm. so um, I guess, let, tell us a little bit more about how Elevated Picnics came to be. Because we got half yeah. of the story, of course, yeah. from your other half. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and want to hear from you like how, how did you guys develop it uh you know what's so so funny like i think the biggest part of developing it was the just a simple idea like we started off so simple that it kind of blossomed and thing and i think that's the biggest thing when you're trying to start like a business mm -hmm. like you have to you think that it's something so grand when really when really it could just be like the smallest thought process to get everything kind of like skyrocketing and going mm -hmm. and so we were sitting there I, well, I was sitting there for like two seconds and I was like, dang, man, you know what? Like, I'm working at this job. Like, so I was working on the roof of Pont City Market uh, as an event coordinator, busting my ass. And shout out to people who are event coordinators because they bust their ass. Like 5 a.m. to 5 a.m., just, you know, killing it three days straight. You know, we have big events up there. So mm -hmm. it was a lot of work. And so during the COVID time when we was, uh, you know, down and out. Of course, all event coordinators couldn't do nothing. You know, we were shut down completely. So, ain't no large gatherings. We kind of had to rework and reconfigure our brains to be like, how are we going to even do this? You know what I mean? Like, make people feel comfortable again. And it, it was it was hard work in the beginning of the whole staging process. But in that time, it just it wasn't happening. So I had to you know let go, let myself go from that situation and. Sitting out there, just in, I've always been in the service industry, 
So I was a server for before I was an event coordinator. Okay. And I've been a server for about like maybe like eight, nine years. I just love serving. I'm, I like to talk to people, you know what I mean? So I can you, tell. You chop it up with somebody, you know, <laughs> you get that good tip, like, you know? And it's just like you are responsible for making your own money. So yeah. it's kind of like running your own business in a sense. Like yeah. you have to be out there grinding and hustling. And if you gone for a couple of days, you don't make no money. So you got to be there in the, in, the, in, the, in the mix. Yeah. And so... Stop doing that. Stop, you know, serving. Went to event coordinating. Then was like, okay, I need something to supplement me while I look for another job. So I went back to serving. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I went back, I was like, I do not want to do this anymore. Like, I love it. Don't get me wrong. But my passion and my mind, because I've gotten so geared into like running my own show with managing and events. I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is, I want to try to do that. So we got together, me and a me and the lady, we was like, you know, I asked her, I was like, you're, you've kind of stepped away from all, a lot of the responsibilities on your job, as far as like, she was teaching dance and stuff like that. And then I've stepped back from my responsibilities of taking this huge title of like, you know, being event coordinator for sure. And I was like, we need to work together. Let's do it. Like We're going to sit down. We're going to put this little poster board up in the corner right here. And we're going to just jot some ideas down about how we can get this mashed out. Like, you know what I'm saying? So she came up with some ideas. I came up with some ideas. And then we looked at them objectively from a, st- from a far standpoint and was just like, mm, that's not going to work. This, this is going to cost too much to start off with. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So we just started marking stuff off. And Picnics was one of actually her ideas to 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 kind of build on and i was like this sounds cool like you know i think we could do this mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's gonna it's not gonna take too much money to start up we already got gear and like stuff that we can bring from home to kind of make this look beautiful we got plants we got a bunch of them now yeah. you know what i mean but we had a lot of plants before then too so and then we decided to you know bring that in it was like bump this and everything from elevated picnic started off with one idea like it was just a picnic basket he was like, okay, what's going to represent what a picnic, an elevated picnic means to us? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we shopped around. We shopped around online for uh, the most beautiful, lavish picnic basket you could <laughs> possibly find <laughs> yeah. that was going to embody what we were trying to express to people. Which And it's so funny because we don't even use that picnic basket anymore or none of our setups. But... It was the catalyst, like it was the part that started off the whole thing. So we found the most beautiful one. Picnic basket was like a hundred and seventy something dollars. I want one eighty. You know, it was, yeah, it was, all the bells and whistles. All the bells and whistles had a nice little, you know, wine stand with it. The utensils got the glasses with it. We was like, this is it. Let's go. We get that. As <laughs> soon as we bought it, it was like, oh, it. When it came to the house, we was like. We really doing this, Lord Jesus. We we ain't we ain't playing around. We uh we actually gonna start this picnic company, and that was like I said, that was the catalyst. It started from that little small thought of just kind of building on a yeah. brand. Yeah, you know I that? already love the theme of this interview because when you think about this, having the faith of a mustard seed, mm-hmm. that is such a big like. <sighs> It's a big motif in any journey, period. Right. But especially when you go into entrepreneurship. Oh, for sure, for sure. And um, so what's inspiring is, of course, the story of Elevated Picnic Mm Suite we're going to get into. But also, as um, a man in a partnership, in a relationship, having a business and thriving, yeah. there's a whole there's a whole seed that was planted in you mm-hmm. that I would love to get into because, yeah. like you know, for for the women out there, we don't <laughs> we don't necessarily have the insight of a man or a man who is willing to be in a relationship and then stick into it and then build a partnership. So, oh, yeah. what was it like growing up for you? Did you have mom and dad at the at home? I had my mom and my stepdad at the house. Yes, mm. I did. And stepdad has been kind of in that entrepreneurship uh, lifestyle since he, since I've damn near known he was working. Uh, Pops used to sell FUBU, sell all that, you know, on the on the corners, and then he used to do like window ten. He'll fix cars, like everything was about his hustle and his gristle. Um And my mom's, she just stayed in the most beautiful same job since she got here. Like she got her beautiful job as a pharmacist, mm. and she she stayed doing that for the most part because she loved it. So hearing her talk about medicine is kind of always in interesting too because i'm like dang you know a lot about medicine like stuff that i wouldn't even you know know because she's seeing it all the time but mm. with the 
my dad was the biggest probably catalyst of like learning how to be an entrepreneur because that's that's just been his hustle since he used to work for ford motor company and i think the factory in atlanta at the time had wound up closing down because mm. i think they moved their operations somewhere else and he at that point didn't want to work for nobody else like he was like i'm gonna do this out here like yeah. i'm gonna make this money and being a being a man making that decision while trying to uh have a family can kind of sway you in two different directions because you just like you have to be out there making that money so a lot of times we would have to go to him to be you know get that time and chill at his shop and be that because he had to be out there making that money but, mm. yeah so it was a lot of fun ain't gonna lie <laughs> I, I like the way you even describe your childhood because one your dad had this like um, I'm not gonna work for nobody. Spirit, mm -hmm. but then you also say my mom had a beautiful job as a pharmacist, mm -hmm. and so the way you even ex express her nine to five, mm -hmm. it, it's, it sounds like you didn't grow up with that like pick that uh, chip on your shoulder against like nine to five or working for the oh, man. Oh no, yeah, not at all, not at all, because you know it was it for the most part of most of my life like that's what a lot of people did, mm -hmm. and. That's all I really saw. It wasn't until I started getting older is when I saw that there were actually real entrepreneurs out here mm -hmm. making stuff, doing their own thing, mm -hmm. you know, really trying to grind it besides him. Like that was the only person. I, and I didn't even know that's what he was. He was considered as, yeah, and, as, as an entrepreneur. I was just like, OK, that's just his job. He just does that. And, you know, he grabs, he gets things and he makes a way to make money. And he always got a little money in his pocket. So I'm like, OK, well, you know. There's always money to be made out here. Like yeah. <laughs> I never thought like uh, there's never an opportunity out here. I was like, no, there's opportunities out here for sure. So that keeping that mindset in my head of just like knowing that was was kind of very helpful. Yeah, yeah that's for like sure. a mindset of abundance. Yeah, definitely. So when you were growing up, what was it like? What did you? What were you really good at? And then what did you think you were gonna be when you grew up? Oh man, I thought I was gonna be a Power Ranger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to be a Power Ranger. I wanted to be a Power Ranger so bad. You know what I mean? Which one? Which color? Red. Girl, I, I wanted to be Tommy. Yeah. Okay, I why, did. Why, why the Red Ranger? Because you know what? I never got into this. I just know a lot of boys want to be the Red, the you know, Red Ranger. You know, Tommy was, the Red Ranger was probably like the most lit guy. Like he got all the action. He was the front face of the team. He led his team into victory every single time. And I admired that. I admired the guy who was the strong one that was like so cool so laid back you know but at the end of the time he could rough up some zombies for you and like kick some ass like but he got his he got his squad safe they always safe at the end of the day so that's what i always wanted to be was was a, i never wanted to be anything like crazy like you know i mean not crazy but like you know how like everybody has oh i want to be a doctor i want to be a mm -hmm, nurse this mm -hmm. stuff stuff like no nah, i was always let's be a power ranger out here let's let's save the world yeah, yeah. okay save the world <laughs> yeah. so at what point at one point did you say okay well you know, let me let me throw let me let me hang up my ranger suit. <laughs> and uh, what, what did the real, what did the world tell you you were gonna be? Uh, I think the world taught me to just kind of wing it mm. for the most part. Uh, I wasn't I was I was actually going to school to be a radiologist. Um, so I wanted to be a radiologist was because my mom like my mom got into me. You know, like I'm, I come from a Haitian family, okay. and so with a lot of you know foreign families for the most part they always try to get you in the two or three categories either you're gonna be medicine yeah you're gonna be like a doctor or something like that you want to mm -hmm. be a nurse like you know they got to put you in the health field somewhere yeah. and so like you know that's kind of like what most of my family is in like my mom uh, is in the health field my aunts my uncles like my a lot of my cousins are in the health field whether it's like driving ambulances being a nurse like uh being a mortician like a lot of them are in that space because that's what they want to do wow. well that's because that's what they were kind of pushed to do okay as well it's like when you come here as a foreign you know person like What's the best way to, you know, get yourself solidified and make money? Right. Go into the health field. That's yeah. what they tell you, you know, and that's what the parents push you to. Go to school, do your work, get into the health field. And you're like, ah. So me, I was always just a little bit kind of a little different, you know, for the most part. I always just had a abundant personality and just wanted to just be out there talking to people and having a vibe. So I got my first serving job uh, randomly at some pesos Mexi mexican restaurant and all flat shows and indicator and 
Dude, man, he was the stinkiest manager I ever had, man. He, the, this guy just stunk so bad. Like, literally? Yeah, his like, personality stunk? No, his, his body odor. It was just oh, the weirdest no. thing. Yeah, it was just so bad. But I, I got the job because I just lied my ass off. He was just like, you served before? I'm like, you know, no one's hiring me at this point. I'm a young kid. I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm a lie. You're going to be like, yo, I've, I've served before. I've done this. <laughs> I've, I've been in the building. Like, I'm, I'm kicking shit. And he just like, all right, well, you can get on the floor then and see what you're doing. And I was like, oh, Lord, like, I'm going to try. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try. And I get hear out serving there. is like one of the toughest jobs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely tests your grit for mm -hmm. sure because you got to be almost malleable with your personality. Mm. You got to be able to kind of flow in and out of like moods with people, you mm. know, because some people, they don't want them, they want you to just, you know, greet them, but be like, standoffish mm -hmm. you know or some people want you to be like just a no sh no shit taker or some people want that that extra like what's up like and they want to talk to you and like really converse and have this like meaningful kind of conversation with you you have to kind of be multifaceted in, in that mm -hmm. to almost um to almost where it seems like i get a lot of friends who are servers say that they always seem like they're a flirt because with being a server, you have, you're so malleable with personalities, it's almost seeming like you can converse and kind of really kind of get deep and talk mm -hmm. to anybody that you want to. Mm -hmm. When it's not really that, that you're flirting, it's more of like you just, you just have that, that oomph, that personality. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, it does blur the line sometimes. You do, you do feel like you're flirting at some time. it's like, it's, whatever do you need, yeah. and I'll, I'll provide that feeling that it is that you mm -hmm. need. And even if it's just a moment, you could your your guest at the table could be one of those women who just wants that masculine energy. Exactly. So you give her that masculine, masculine energy. Man, right. And so it might seem like you're flirting, but then mm -hmm. I'm also imagining you I've been at a couple um, dining restaurants where oh, yeah. it's like a sad situation. You, know, <laughs> you, you get ready to, to break the news. You're like, can you just bring my bread, please? Yeah. I don't need too much of your presence right mm -hmm. now because I need to break the news. So I you got to be able news. to be like... Oh yeah, you know, serious as well. You have to, and you got to know how to like deliver bad news in mm. a gentle and, and easygoing way. Like the, I think the best thing I also learned from there is like how to deliver bad news. Like what kind of bad news did you? Uh, have? your your food's late. Your your food's not on time. Somebody messed up in the kitchen. Like the, being the, able the to item that you really want is, yeah. is not on the menu no more. Being able to come to somebody who's pissed off. Uh huh. And come with some type of like reassurance mm -hmm. as well as like a calm, like elevated tone and really kind of feel, make them feel empowered again, mm -hmm. that I have your back is, is, is a little difficult sometimes. And you got some people who, uh, they, they don't, they don't take waiting or, you know, dealing with type of like rejection or something like that. Well, so you got to mm -hmm. be able to kind of like flow into that and be like, I got your back. You know what I'm saying? You, we cool. We yeah. gonna make it together. I'm moment. in this with you. You know. What I, mean? <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yeah, don't so don't shoot like, the, the messenger. <laughs> and and so wait before we I get to ask you this next question. How often do you feel like you did it well? And how how many times did you feel like? Oh oh my god! <laughs> a lot of times I didn't do it well. Oh man, a lot of times. Uh, but a lot of times I did it. Uh, I feel like I've I've succeeded in um, negating a situation way more than I have. Because when you, it's just the initial fear in the beginning, to be honest, that you kind of psych yourself out with. So like you can you can say, oh, I'm gonna say this in my head, you know, when you're like away from the table. But like mm -hmm. once you get to that table, you got to be. Uh, able to kind of like maneuver how you're going to explain this bad news to him. So I always, whenever I'm approaching the type of situation like that, just gotta, I got to come into it with a clear head. Don't think of a master plan. Mm. It's not that serious. Just come calm and then figure out how to navigate the right words when you're directly in that person's energy. Mm. Like when you feeding off of that energy, like it's best to just come into it without a thought process going on and knowing how to just you know, segue the conversation. You that know, sounds say. like a word for life. Yeah, definitely. Not, not even just serving, but it's like when you're when you're trying to connect with anyone, any mm. type of person, job interview, relationship, yeah. new boyfriend, whatever. You're oh meeting the mamas for the first time. Seriously. We, Anita, not Anita Baker, but uh, Patty LaBelle said it. I okay. must have re rehearsed my lines a thousand times. <laughs> Until I had them memorized. Mm -hmm. But then when you get up the nerve, you don't even have a word. You don't have a word. So you yeah. might as well go into it with a clear head. You have to. Like, you just clear your head all the way through and just, like, you got to, like, it's a presentation. 
you present the situation and then you present the pros of how you gonna fix it. Ain't no cons here. Mm -hmm. you, you, we proing it up. Like, yeah. cause I'm a pro and I'm gonna I'm handle the situation right. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like through surfing, you kind of found a bit of your fit, like what you're yeah. good at. But mm -hmm. how was the, we just skipped over like, oh, yeah, the fact we did. that you went into radiology. What yeah, we did, we First did. First of all, what was your schooling? Like, what was that, that process of you like learning radiology? Did you like it? I didn't really fit into it as I thought I was. I think I think the main reason why I was jumping into it was because, like I said, my whole entire family was mm -hmm. um, into the medicine field. Mm -hmm. And so that's the only reason why I think I was kind of gravitating towards that. So when did you decide, like, hmm, you I were just, in class, like, ah, oh, this is just not mm, for me. What I, like? I, I, I had a conversation with myself. Okay. I did. I had a conversation with myself about, like, hey, you know, this may not be the path that everybody's assuming that you should, you will go, but if you do the right stuff, you know, you put your best foot forward and you say you did enough every single day. Uh, I was reading uh, um, this book from The Four Agreements mm. by Don Quinnell. Ruels Mickey. Ruels, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, he kind of gave, like, that book kind of like saved me for real too because this was like i think one of the four agreements was to you know just do do your best yeah. every single day so like whatever you're doing do yeah. your best yeah and i just figured that if i go out there and i do my best on whatever i'm doing i'm going to be able to find like a navigate my way into success like how i want to and mm -hmm. and that was the biggest thing you know do your best don't assume uh that you're gonna get something when you're not like you know just push forward uh, another one was like like, you know don't take things personal don't take it personal yeah mm -hmm. don't take it personal because a lot of times people make like you know especially business decisions for a business reason or so on and so forth like that so me um leaving or losing my my uh, my picnic uh, not picnic but uh, my corporate job wasn't a personal thing to me yeah. it was this makes sense because we're in this climate right now yeah. and so it was it was all about that it was just making that adjustment in yeah. my mind to have a conversation with myself say hey i mean i'm gonna be going in the right place in the right direction to get where i need to go mm. and trust in the process yeah mm -hmm. i'm working as a server but every day i'm the one that's making the most money you know when i walk out of there mm. how much money you made they, they'll ask every night you know be like i made like 300 bucks and you'd be like damn why how you make so much you must have some really good tables no i just put my best foot forward mm. i gave it all my all for today and i didn't come in here with an attitude or like a just kind of like beating up myself it was uh, every, everything was just a positive progression 100 yeah. percent. i love that mindset that's another that's another <clears throat> jewel but what was it like, you know, leaving radiology, going leaving, into service? Uh, leaving radiology, going into serving was, I don't know. I guess it was a little scary, if, if, you, if you could say that, because you have to kind of just trust the process. But also, you kind of like are letting your family members down, you know, like your grandma's like, so what you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> Especially grandma. You right. can't. You can't let grandma down. Grandma be on your ass. I mean, I'm sorry if they're saying that, but grandma be on it. She'd be like, look, so what you doing out here? I told you to go to school. My, my grandma's an old Dominican and Haitian woman, so she don't play. You know what I'm saying? Your, your grandma's Dominican and Haitian? Yeah, Dominican and Haitian. That's, that's mm -hmm. actually really beautiful. Well, she's Dominican. Mm -hmm. And she met my granddad in Haiti. Mm -hmm. So she only spoke Spanish, but when she met him, she learned Creole. And they both got together. She moved. They both moved to New York, mm -hmm. and then that's how she learned English. Okay. So she's just a multifaceted type of woman as well. Like mm -hmm. she kind of just paved her own way for the most part. But she met her love, learned a new language yeah. at the same exact time, and then like you know did bigger and better things for herself and went to New York. And then that was that was it. Yeah. I'm extremely passionate about helping corporate professionals transition into entrepreneurship. So I had to share the one thing, the number one thing that helped me develop as an entrepreneur, and that's the morning meetup. I joined the morning meetup specifically for the structure because I'm, I'm leaving corporate America, so I'm used to those morning huddles. We got our sales, we know what our goals are, and we get our day started. So I was missing that for two years before I even found the morning meetup. Now, the second thing that I really, really benefited from was the revenue, revenue generating activity 
properties was not necessarily a thing before 2021. Now I had my LLC, I had my website, I had a few clients here and there, but the momentum really took off as soon as I got around like-minded individuals and people who really knew the struggles that I was already dealing with that I could get over my fear of sales and communicating my value and putting myself out there on social media. The friends that I've developed, the mentors and the mentees that I've, that I've created relationships with, everything has really created this environment for us to thrive as entrepreneurs. So if you wanna develop as an entrepreneur, you're leaving corporate America and you're trying to figure out how do I get my footing in entrepreneurship, then the morning meetup will definitely be a game changer for you. You can learn with us, you can grow with us. And I didn't even mention that we have a book club. Join us in the community, let's get started today. You will not regret it. Yeah, that says a lot about your family, though. From a historical perspective, we mm -hmm. always hear about the difference between Dominican and Haitians, mm -hmm. and, and how um, there's not always a synergy. Like mm -hmm. there's there's not always a connection. And so for your mom, your grandma to fall in love with your grandpa yeah. and create a life and move here. Now fast forward to you know, of course we don't want to let grandma down, but it, it's it kind of sounds like no. grandma's a real woman, you know. Yeah, like she's she's understanding to a degree. She's understanding, like at, at to a to a degree. She just wants you to do good, uh, not get in trouble, and just make some of yourself. So when I always try to check in with her, let mm -hmm. her know, hey, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing good, all right. Like I'm okay, grandma. <laughs> yeah, so grandma's still around. You get to tell her like, oh, yeah. Does she know about elevated picnics? She does. She does know about it. Yeah, she does. She knows about elevated picnics as well she doesn't really like no no because she's older for the most part but mm -hmm. she knows that i'm doing something okay. you know what i mean okay. and that it's going pretty well you know because you. you know it's paying for things I so that makes sense so you're living your life like it's golden as a server you yeah. left you left radiology behind um and then you decided to go into corporate did, did your radiology experience or did your server experience follow you into corporate I think the server experience followed me into corporate. What were you yeah. doing there? Was it event planning? You went straight yeah. into event planning? Straight into event planning, yeah. Straight into it. Uh, How old were you? Uh, this was about, what, three years ago? So I guess I was, what, in my 20s, late 20s? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, 26, 27. Okay, got yeah. you. So you got so. your first corporate gig, 26, 27 doing event planning, what was that transition like? That transition was definitely a lot different. I saw a different side of the world that I didn't know about like because I'm I didn't work too long I, I wasn't a big corporate type of person I was doing you know service so this this was a new avenue for me mm -hmm. answering emails all the time and you know dealing with different managers and people that are in charge uh, really kind of knowing that hey I'm in charge so I have to be the the kind of like the model for what uh, my staff is doing and stuff like that. So that had to get my gears turning a little bit to change and be kind of a little bit more professional in a sense, mm. because the corporate world is a little monster. You know, sometimes they can, it can be very gracious and then it could be like very like, this is the steps you need to take very, you know. So I didn't, I, I enjoyed the corporate world for the most part for what it did because it gave me a lot of structure. Okay. It, it turned my wild, crazy type of like personality with, and, and um, I guess you could call me, what, what's that word? Spontaneousness mm -hmm. for of like, you know, doing all stuff to kind of like mold it into like a specific, you know, form okay. where I'm still, I'm still putting, I'm still communicating with people as like I am a server because you, you got to talk to clients all day and and all these clients need and want different things for their event and party because that's their bread you know their bread or whatever they want to do you know as far as like a multifaceted type of you know event mm -hmm. but I think learning how to you know pull that together for the most part and kind of get get into a vibe where hey I want to be your best event coordinator ever. I want to sit here and say, hey, I've done a Google event. I've done, you know, a large Microsoft event. And mm -hmm. they were, you know, they they trusted me to go ahead and, you know, lead the, lead the torch on that. And yeah. so, and that was the biggest thing. Seeing how much money those people have, first of all. Like <laughs> the budgets yeah. for an event? Yeah, oh my God, What's for the budget budgets. for an event? What's the biggest budget for a event? Whoa, thing? man, the biggest budget I've seen for an event was about 250K, I think. Mm, yeah. Was that just one night? Mm, that was just one night. 
Yeah, that was just one night. We got paid on that day. Whew, I did. Was, were you on commission or were you salary? Salary and commission. Really? I know, right? So if you if you did your job best, that means you you executed the the um, event and then mm. you sold them on like different a la carte things. Like Packages. what other things? Yeah, you, definitely. What other things did you have to like help them bring to their event? <clears throat> I had to assist them with knowing what type of food they wanted. Mm what hours and uh they wanted them and stuff like that mm -hmm. how many people to staff for the most part because i used to schedule all the staffing as well mm -hmm. if they wanted hors d'oeuvres in the beginning they wanted a champagne wall or something like that or some type of greet to a like you know get the wall. yeah to, to get the you know because like when you got like four to five hundred people you in the beginning you can't the bar can't service all those people at the same time you need an initial meet and greet so like getting that uh, champagne wall something that can put some in somebody's hand right away mm -hmm. immediately relieves the stress of the party as well as gives everybody in this kind of like fun kind of like vibe you know what i mean so yeah. that's the best part like when you think about parties you're gonna you always have to think about how you can best make the guests work the least mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's what we uh do with our picnics too as well but you know with large parties for that the most donut, part that yeah. donut wall yeah <laughs> the donut wall is a thing they people love that and it's just it's such an eye catcher but it's like you don't have to work hard to open up a box and then it's there for you and it looks cute and you can take a picture by it yeah and that is just that's all we think about when we try to pull these uh type of business ventures together we like how can we make the client just come in kick your shoes off mm -hmm. and enjoy the whole experience and then walk away feeling refreshed and you know amazed but yeah when i listen to you it sounds like you have um so okay uh when when i'm doing like with my with my clients i'm talking them through like their 34 strengths because i mm -hmm. love the strengths finder and okay. corporations they use strengths finder so it makes sense okay and you sound like you have these like relationship builder qualities um mm -hmm. and then you also have like a little bit of this influencer strength right mm -hmm. Have you ever done like a personality assessment or anything like that? I think I did one time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had one. They they made us do one at my old corporate job. Yeah. And what I kind of stuff came up? Ah, uh, you called me because I can't remember what's on that dang on paper right now. I can almost guess though, because I'm hearing like I'm hearing you being able to understand how people move through the room, mm -hmm. understand like how to um, basically like psychology. How do you set yeah. how do you set up the experience so that their emotions they're at the height of their emotions you can capitalize on those high emotions mm -hmm. you can move them to different parts exactly of the event. i'm just hearing that yeah and that's the that was the biggest part that's that was kind of like the biggest part i learned from there mm -hmm. and my mentor uh, who was uh my boss at the time I mean, he was in events for the longest um and he taught us that like how are people going to move around and navigate this room mm. we need to have a flow flow is a big thing like anything that immediately will push or stop somebody in their flow is not good you want people to kind of like go into this like like vibe like almost like a snake moving through a room like you know not you know they they they, they go left to right but they still have that motion going and you want people to have that you don't want them to feel like they just like you know pull back or stagnant so when you got that many people everything is about flow how are we going to hit it from boom 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 all the way down the line yeah. and putting the drink in somebody's hand makes you feel happy like yeah. when i go to an event and somebody puts a whole drink in my hand well, as soon as i walk up I'm like okay i got this <laughs> uh, let me sip and enjoy you yeah. know what i mean so that's that's the biggest thing like Absolutely. you know just just carry just catching the flow and i think that's also like you know how we catch the flow with our stuff because most of the most of the time we're not like anybody else when it comes to like a uh, picnic company like i think we make it so like your living room slash your home yeah that people are like i love this like i've seen people fall dead asleep in our stuff like <laughs> like snoring like yeah. <laughs> like oh you was that comfortable dang okay that's good though yeah like for so real. Is, is that like um is that one of the selling points that you offer like how do you guys like position um elevated picnics so that the customer knows the type of experience they're about to in embark upon oh um say that again i'm sorry so like when you guys set up you know elevated picnics and you, you say hey this is what you're gonna get how yeah. do you guys like position that like from a marketing perspective so that they oh know, like, uh i think we position it how like you would say I, we like we want you to come in and feel like you don't have to work for nothing 
Mm. Like, this is supposed to be your time to have something luxurious for you in, yeah. in the middle of a park that you've never had before. Yeah, you can go to a restaurant and you know, you sit in there and it's a nice opulent place, but you're sharing this with a hundred and something people, you know, and it's nice for a little minute and then you walk out, but like something that's kind of like built for you in a, in a little catered zone in the mm -hmm. park, you know what I mean? Because you want, people love going out to the park. You love going out to the park. You love having picnics. You want to put a little little blanket out there all the time and you like the, the enjoyment, but how about, let's take it to the next level. Let's elevate it. Damn, <laughs> Name drop. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's elevate it a little bit and then we're going we, to we build it out for you. We're going yeah. to cater this for you. Uh, we've had, I mean, we have clients who, you know, that's what they're looking for. They always ask us about a theme. Mm -hmm. We don't do a theme, you know. Everything is from our just creative hearts, and we just put it together where it's gonna speak to you. It's all about elegance. It's all about luxury, and it's about not wanting or needing for anything. You got the hand sanitizer out there. You got the bug spray. You got the, you know, you got a little bit of cards if you want to play a little draw four uno or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? We have all these little kind of like nooks and crannies in there where like you're looking around like this was well thought out yeah. like and i am loving this flow like it flows with you like you know we got the welcome mat to welcome you into your space yeah like, you know it sounds like you really you really hit your zone in terms of going through your life leaving radiology behind mm -hmm. going into something that you didn't necessarily know was going to be a good fit but you literally made it work getting into the serving mm -hmm. industry and now you're using this this experience to like really elevate a picnic experience from like a no no pun intended but yeah. truly you know like an elevated uh perspective so you you also seem to operate kind of off of just kind of sheer know-how and mm -hmm. um vibe do you do you um like what do you do to learn up on your craft like do you reading like behavioral science type books what what kind of stuff do Ooh. you enjoy learning i think i think for the most part i just like to learn what people like i sit there and i watch like little educational videos on youtube all the time about like what people want in luxury mm. what what do they you know ex, ex, want to experience when they want to go and experience something like if they're going out to say the aquarium, what what are you mostly what are you looking for when you go out there? What are you wanting to experience, and how is uh, Georgia the Georgia Aquarium or any aquarium like that is is captivating you? Yeah. And so um, with that, that's that's what I'm looking at. You know, for the most part, I also look at um, people who have like event companies or event um, spaces like mm -hmm. what or what are y'all doing out there like how are y'all gravitating towards people and what what are they asking for yeah so and what are some of those things that from a luxury perspective because i know there's there's a difference between just a regular old picnic yeah. and going to you guys and the mm -hmm. way you put it together from the outside looking in i'm like okay that's really cool mm -hmm. could i do that no <laughs> but <laughs> you you're doing the research you're doing the the like the r d mm -hmm. of like understanding what should you guys bring to your experience yeah. so what are those like top two or three things that stand out in a luxury perspective that you specifically or intentionally bring to the business oh ooh. i think the first the first and foremost of, of a luxury picnic is taking that want and worry out of the customer's hand mm -hmm. like we're building this for you so that you are just giving us the baton like you're, you're basically trusting us with putting something beautiful together for you because you know a lot of times people working like they work a nine to five or they work a heavy job and they just don't have the time to put the whole entire tent together you know put the blankets out there the flowers and stuff like that they just don't have time to grab all these like you know items and we're taking that we're taking that kind of like part for a person and saying hey we got you we're gonna we're gonna grab this for you we're gonna build this out for you because we know you want something sexy out here mm -hmm. in this beautiful park mm -hmm. so let's go ahead and you just tell us when and where and we got you they you know don't have what to do anything when they yeah. get here. They literally just sit yeah. there and 
Everything is within arms. Reach, Everything, yeah. Like you can literally come out there and just, just, just grab it. You know what I'm chill saying? Chill and go yeah, to sleep. Chill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think people also like they love they love the fact that you know we also we don't necessarily sell alcohol, but we provide you with a bottle mm-hmm. of wine mm-hmm. with your picnic, and because you know a lot of people they. They want something to drink on, something to just enjoy and like turn this pic- picnic into something opulent, you know, mm-hmm. something beautiful. Yeah. And so with that, you know, we're giving out you real glassware to put your wine in so that you can just sit there. You know, you got your little picturesque moment. You hit your glass. Now you now you really in some luxury, you know, you know, you some vibe. So I think that's the second thing for the most part. I think the last thing will probably be just um, how you this is it's so well thought out and beautiful that you can have a birthday there Mm. you can uh, propose to your wife you can propose to your girlfriend or your or your guy friend you can you know you know you can do so much you can have a blind date in there if you wanted to you know out of nowhere or this could be a first date that's a cool idea you know what i'm saying (laughs) like it could be a first date place for the Mm -hmm. most part so that it is it's taking that part on your hand you know for the most part because a lot of times you want to get to know somebody um and you got this in trying to have an intimate moment the top three responses that i get when i ask why do you want to leave corporate america are that you want financial freedom you want to own your own time and you want to build a legacy for this generation and generations to come now this is not a solo job in order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship it's going to take community and it's going to take resources and i've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully so if you're interested in leaving your job go ahead and click that information below let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully now let's get back to the episode. Most of the times when you're having an intimate moment with somebody, it is just the two of you guys. It mm-hmm. is just a part where you can kind of get together and really kind of vibe. So building on that intimate vibe is what we do. We yeah. sit there and say, hey, you know, this is your closed space. You know, you can you can close the dang on tent, like, you know, like enjoy each other, enjoy the vibe, enjoy the view and really kind of get to know that you have the person yeah. from afar, yeah. And because you built, you guys built um, Elevated Picnics as a partnership in your relationship, mm-hmm. I feel like you guys bring that sense of love and family to Elevated Picnics oh, yeah. so that people who are going through those large milestones feel comfortable reaching out to you. Do you feel like your partnership is an asset to Elevated Picnics? Do you oh, notice yeah. that? Oh yeah, definitely. It is, a, it is an asset. I mean, I'm, she's, my other partner, she is the, the 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 I would say the heart and the style of the picnics for the most part. Like I'm the more like you know logical, rigid. Like okay, we have to have these things in place and so on and so forth. But like mm. she's the woman's touch. Like the woman's touch is always kind of like you know y'all y'all just have so much of a, a deeper meaning into you know really what style and like elegance is because y'all are elegant creatures. For the, for the most part, all the way through. Yeah. So I think that plays a big part in it for sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So you, so what you're saying is you bring, what you bring to Elevated Picnics is your experience in mm-hmm. serving, your understanding and what the client like needs and mm-hmm. how to, to deliver it. Yes. Maybe even, even on like the quality of like the item. Yes, the and quality of And what you're saying is your partner brings in like the the feel and the mm-hmm. the psychology behind it and the the value like the the, the style all that oh the yeah feeling. yeah she definitely does brings that style brings that that kind of like sexy quality of like a lot of stuff that I would see put together I wouldn't understand it at first like mm-hmm. um, the way that we build out the picnic at first and how how elegant it looks. And then I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this is literally somebody's, like, this could be somebody's living room. Living room, yeah. <laughs> like, this could be somebody's sexy living room right here. And we put it together so well. Like, and then I had to realize how also, like, I had to kind of, you know, build that in and be like, okay, well, we, we, let's, we're, let's make this into a lounge area. This is the lounge area. This is the table. What is this person going to do when they sit down? And they pour their glass of wine. How, where are they gonna put put their glass? Yeah. And we do that. We think about that as well. Like, okay. And I'm that person that's thinking thinking that. Like, you know, okay. Well, I need to position the table here and and have this over here, and then y'all can build around it because I know that once once this person has their little meats and their cheeses and they sit back and they got their wine, they're gonna be like, mm, 
And they're gonna put their glass and down. Relax. Yeah. And relax. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so from so. from a man's perspective, um, we know that you grew up with your mom and dad. We know dad gave you a great sense of entrepreneurship, and mom gave you the respect of like she had a, a career that she she liked and she's very yeah. well educated about. Um, and now you're not only in a uh, in a relationship with your business partner, but you are also becoming a dad. Yeah. So like, do you feel um, or what do you feel like is the best part about like building your business with your partner? And dare I ask you, what is the challenge <laughs> that you experience with building a business and an empire with your family? I think the biggest challenge uh, for the most part is the communication, because you are in something so you're in something so blossoming that you want to be able to not only give uh, the respect the the know-how for to your partner but also you want to be kind of like very business oriented and not not want to do business all the time you got to kind of have that balance of like okay i'm i'm we can't talk about work all the time <laughs> we got to be able to like be in our vibe and like you know just kind of enjoy each other but also hey we do need to answer these emails real quick and so, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i think the biggest thing was is communication because that communication uh, rules the nation like it is the biggest part of how we kind of navigate this whole thing like okay we're gonna we're gonna do work between this hour and then we're gonna you know settle down and kind of vibe into us it keeps uh, your mind fresh and you fresh at the same exact time. Mm. Yeah. And you guys both, because of the pandemic, you guys both were experiencing life transitions and work transitions. So, what was it like, depending on? Um, and is it okay if we, if yeah, we, so, so Kanisha, <laughs> like, is it so? Because I'm like, we keep, we've been saying partner, and I'll be like, <laughs> uh, I know, right, Kanisha? No, because I'll be thinking, like, nobody really knows where, yeah, but like, Kanisha's, yeah, Kanisha's dope. Yeah, so I was just saying, like, and, and because um, we got her story on the, the podcast earlier, um, we know that you guys were both going through, like, career transitions and yeah. and really um, leaning on each other in this in this time. So, like, for you, leaving the serve, serving industry and, and, going, and then going into corporate and, and as an event planner, then going into saying, hey, let's go do um, Elevated Picnics together. Mm. What was it like having that support or what was it like, you know, experiencing that together? It was it was definitely it was definitely exciting mm. and different because you got something where you this is like y'all baby, you know what I'm saying? And you kind of trying to mold this thing together and really kind of trust each other's like judgment a lot. And so it was it was cool. It was such a it was such a vibe because you got somebody you know, a lot of times you have a partner, you know, and I don't know if, you know, this is true for a lot of people, but, you know, it's like one person's a little bit more pushing for something than the other person. And the other person's kind of tagging along for the most part. Or you got to, or you got where, you know, they don't really feel comfortable about it. But then when you have two people who are together and they feel really strongly about something and they're putting just as much effort in as the other person, it kind of makes it better. So, like, you know, me and... <clears throat> Me and Kanisha kind of sitting there and just really kind of being able to feed off each other and get stuff done We're like really quick. Hey, did you do this? Oh, I need to do this. And kind of getting it done really helped a lot. Like it helped and it molded uh, our situation so much faster. Mm. It, it, it pushed it to level. Really? Yeah. So you're saying developing the business helped you guys' relationship grow mm -hmm. in a positive direction? Yeah, definitely. What sure. was like one of the, the one things that, or I guess not one of, but if you can think of as many as you want, what kind of things did you learn about each other or yourself when building this business together? Ooh, I mean, I think the uh, one of the biggest things uh, we learned about each other is our strengths. Mm -hmm. It's our strengths and, and our weaknesses, how, how we kind of communicate with clients and other people and what we are, what we want and what we need uh, for the business to thrive. Um, because when you're looking at like a business and in, in turn, like when you have like, I guess when you have employees, you know who's stronger at something and who's weaker at something and so on and so forth and who's best at doing this job and so on. You know, this person's good at greeting people and getting that vibe in. So I think what we learned is that, okay, you know, Okay, you're 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 a little better at emailing, 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch you do this email mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go ahead and figure out what's our language mm. in this. So, yeah. so that the, the, the elevated picnic emails all sound the same. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So like we're communicating together. We're, we already know what the other person might say or think because we're communicating that like this is our language. It's kind of creating like a whole different, like, you know, nuance and vibe. Yeah. And so we had to figure that out for the most part. That was, that was a big, that was a big thing. And also how to say no sometimes to things because we don't want to wear ourselves too much, you know, and with jumping into a new venture, you don't want to feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. and be looking at the other person like, you didn't do this. You mm-hmm. didn't do like, no, let's. We are, we, we can't blame, we, we are just, we're just going to elevate each other and keep getting better at this time. Yeah, I love this elevated motif. <laughs> so <was> you, <laughs> literally every time, so you guys both come from corporate spaces and the experiences clearly were different. What would you say you bring from corporate into um, elevated picnics? And then what would you say she brings into um, elevated picnics from corporate? Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, I would say I bring probably like the... You know, it's, it's so funny because I say that we're bringing something from corporate, but we also kind of bring our own personal personalities into it. Mm-hmm. But as far as like from corporate, I kind of learned about the ins and outs of how to structure events and what we needed beforehand to be able to make the process for people. So I think I brought, I brought a little bit of that, like there's just that knowledge of like how to, you know, how are we going to do this where... It's not going to be, it's not going to be too hard. It's kind of auto, almost automated mm. you know, where we can put these necessary steps in place in order to do. And I think uh, she brought, Kanisha, she brought the, um, she brought like a, I don't know, like, I guess I would say probably like, because her corporate area is, was a little bit more refined than I was. Mm-hmm. And I think she brought a, a lot more of like a, you know, I say that she's very, um, very like you know elegant with the decor and stuff like that but like at the same time she knows the ins and outs of like how to send out information for mm. for like corporate stuff so mm-hmm. like teaching me that like mm. teaching me okay like you know there's 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 steps and places on how to get this done and mm. and, and really teaching me that like that that, that stuff because it was mm-hmm. it was it was hard for me at first because you know i'm like okay i'm still learning like you know i ain't yeah. all the way in there you've been in there for a while like more a couple couple years more than I have, so you know how to do all these Excel spreadsheets and stuff like that, and just and I need to learn that from him. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You bring the front of the house know know how of like mm-hmm. how do we how do we do these big events? How do we deal with a, a company that has a budget of two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars? And then how do we spend that money? Like what what does this thing need to yeah, look exactly. like? And then on the back end, Kanisha's like, okay, well these are the this is how we do the paperwork. This is how we communicate from an email mm-hmm. perspective to the client. Yeah. So you know the front end, she knows the back end. Oh, that's that's what sure. it sounds like. Yeah. And yeah. then the elegant piece like of the experiences where she gets to bring her creativity exactly. to the to the experience. Yes, definitely. I got oh, you. Yeah, I love how you said that. Crazy. She's crazy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So as you embark on this journey together, you guys are building this baby of elevated picnics cool. that people are seeing all over yeah, Atlanta. And it's that's exactly where I was going with yes. it. <laughs> Literally, this this baby and your new baby mm. are two of you guys' creation mm-hmm. into this world. So what is it like becoming a father in this new like space in your life oh man it's it was never a thought process in my head that it was going to happen this fast or happen around this time so mm. the fact that i'm kind of going on two new journeys is awesome being an entrepreneur being a new father coming soon and really kind of Hey guys, it's Ariel from the Work and Play Podcast. If you're getting any value from this channel, and I mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel, then I just ask that you do one thing. Please subscribe. Subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with and drop a comment below so I know what other things that you want to see next. Now let's get back to the episode. One day at a time, I'm really understanding where I'm at. No, like looking into myself more than anything because I want the best for that child and knowing and, and getting really good at communicating you know what i'm saying because i want to be able to be there and be like yo you gonna be the finest little thing ever like baby you gonna live you're gonna kill it like i want i want to be that person like yeah to instill like kind of like how uh, will smith does his kids you know jane and willow 
like just kind of instead like i mean you can do whatever that you want to do like get out here and make it, or just be like a creative being so that's what that's what the this has kind of taught me for part this mm. you know really it's just about believing in yourself and having a custom support yeah. team and trusting people because you can't do it all yourself. Ooh, mm. say that again that's a that's a definitely <laughs> a lesson yeah. so when you think about like are you, when you think about your upbringing are you bringing any of that that you grew up on into your fatherhood and your fatherhood experience? I'll take, I would say I'm taking a little bit of it. Like, I think we all, for the most part, bring parts of our childhood into our adulthood. A lot of it, for the part, because, you know, a lot of that shaped the being the person that you are until you got to a point where you started seeking information out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm bringing, I want to bring that. You know, I want to bring my 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 little experiences the ones that I've, I've obviously loved watching lion game watching power rangers mm-hmm. uh just you know like little stuff and then i want to also take the steps because i'm more knowledgeable enough to be able to say hey or there were some things that my parents didn't do that when i have my child i hope I mean, you know, I'm having my child that I hope that I'm going to go ahead and still in and see how that works. Mm-hmm. See how like, you know, because I think people always talk about how their parents didn't tell them about taxes and like stuff like that. And just like, you know, put a little side of money and really kind of the eff- the essence of it. Mm-hmm. And I want to see how that works for, for a kid because I didn't really get that when I was a kid. Mm. But, but my parents, you know, it's not like they didn't want to. Yeah. Of course, mm-hmm. it was just that, you know. Yeah, being a black family, they they working, you know, and that's all they're thinking about. They're thinking about taking care of you and working, taking care of you and working and, and whatever they can do. And, you know, they just want you to be good. You know what I'm saying? And if you need to go to college, go to college. But, you know, that's kind of how a lot of people are conditioned for the most part. So. Yeah. It sounds like you're not going to push either specific way, like entrepreneurship, nine to five, college. Mm-hmm. Are, are you like pro? Are you pro any one of them? I think I am probably pro finding your own path mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. pro finding your own path and if you don't know i'm going to give you the options mm-hmm. let's see what's out here for you but at least you'll know that there's a there's a bunch of stuff out here for you and, and, yeah. and it isn't that serious and for the most part there are so many like jobs and things that you can do out here that people don't like you know you never even knew it was like a career thing and you you're stuck in this kind of like box of like knowing what careers are because mm-hmm. they're they you got a lot of these forefront careers that are just in your face yeah but then they got a lot of back-end ones that are like even better like like you are out of you out somewhere you do you out of the limelight but you are killing it in yes your field. yes and you didn't know that this was a need for someone and i, I think that's the big thing trying to find a need for something mm-hmm. and what's what's where, where are you at and what's what's the need yeah you know what i mean because if you can find that need and you can find <laughs> Uh, the somebody to like facilitate that for you, yeah. or you to facilitate that your that for them. For them, mm-hmm. you can you can make bank out here. You can make yeah. bucks and be successful. Really yeah, be successful. Talking to people for the most part is a big. Yeah, know, I love I love like stuff like this because it makes it so much easier for people who really aren't haven't had an outlet or want to talk you know, to be able to like absolutely. You know what I mean? And a lot of people need that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So. It's dope. I love it. Okay, looking forward to seeing you guys as mommy and daddy oh, for sure. It's be fun. And as you as you mentioned, like you know, allowing your um, baby to find their own way, your mm-hmm. child, which will eventually be an adult, to find their own way. Oh, yeah. So, and I know you're probably on your own journey of like self discovery oh, and yeah. self fulfillment, especially yeah. now you've taken the leap from corporate into um, elevated picnics. So I'm just curious, like, what would you say is the last thing? Hey, or the the most recent thing that you learned about yourself? Oh wow, mm. man! I think I learned that I have I have a better capacity to, um, I guess, a parent in a sense because I have a dog and a cat. I look at them sometimes and I be like, like this is these 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 two little ones are like children, and I'm just like I'm trying to figure out how to communicate with them the best way, and I'm like. Okay, this is this is going somewhere. Like at least they listen a little bit. <laughs> but I think that's that's probably like the the biggest thing. And also just uh, believing in myself, believing that that I can sit out here and just like I said, do my best every day, put my best foot forward, and in that way, that in turn leads to uh, prosper. 
mm. prospering, you know, prospering for the most part myself and, and my partner, Kanisha, and our family just kind of really, you know, believe in yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because if you don't believe in yourself, you can't believe in others. You can't. You can't. It ain't going, it's two ways straight. You got to work it out. For real, and you gotta put you gotta put your trust in yourself, and then once you do that, you know, build yourself. I think I think of myself as always like having this kind of like little small person inside of me that shapes the person I am outwardly. Yeah. And if I'm feeding that little person that's inside of me trash and like just horrible stuff, I'm it's shrinking. Yeah. So I could look like I'm big and bold outside of this skin, but like inside I'm hurting. So how can I switch that? I, yeah. I feed that little person inside me good stuff, positive energy, yeah. positive vibes, so that when I look inward, I know that I feel strong. I am strong. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. And, and that's the person that people should be feeding. Yeah. <laughs> On that same note, you started this interview talking about planting a seed. Mm -hmm. And you went to school for radiology, which could be farthest from where you are today, mm -hmm. one would think, right? Yeah. But you started planting seeds in that little self even back then so do you ever think back like when you're in a in a motion in a moment and you're like i learned it in radiology like is, are, do those moments ever happen for you yeah yeah it does what is it's, that like what kind of things do you do today that's like ties back to that back that time man uh i don't it's it's so many things like i would probably say the the, the smallest thing would be to you know you you think about like how you you, you you were so into something from back then and like how kind of like your mind is like warped and changed and but you still kind of like love that side of you know that lifestyle like so i think radiology taught me that you know like there's so many like cool little you know nuances in in the in the, in the, in the um, i'm sorry in the um medical field mm -hmm. and that you know you can do something cool there you can have fun but also bringing that to the next table and like being able to enjoy the experience all over again like just take your time and and do and do right like it's not going to be the it may not happen it may not be the goal that you take mm. but i mean i learned i learned that it wasn't I, I take it with me. You know? mm. Mm -hmm. I feel you. I feel you. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the couch today. It's been lit. <laughs> and and so what are the, one of the things that I do um, as like a ceremonial question okay. um, for all of my guests is to kind of reach back and think about like, you know, the our younger selves or yeah. somebody who's, you know, on the journey that we've been on and hasn't necessarily reached the level of success that we've reached just yet. Okay. So when you think about like, you know, reaching back to that person and whoever that person would be, what would you say that would really help them? get the clarity, clarity that they need to kind of either move forward or take the next step, either, you know, go into like whatever it would say, like, okay, go from radiology to serving because this mm. is what is, you know, my path. Like, what mm. would you tell that person to take a chance on themselves? Oh man, the best, the best thing you can do when taking a chance on yourself is really believing in yourself. I think when you sit there and you, you invest in yourself as, as much as you can, I know it's kind of hard uh, investing in yourself. And, you know, it sounds like it's easy, but, you know, when you are, say you're in a relationship and everything is about that other person and you're so, you're so focused on the other person that you kind of forget yourself hmm. and you have to learn how to rekindle that flame into yourself, love yourself, be able to like be in that vibe of yourself. And I think it's feeding that person inside. I, I tell it to everybody, like, you know, you, everybody, and I promise you, everybody I feel like has that person that, that they visually see inside of themselves. And if you can look inside yourself and feel like that person inside of you isn't as strong as you want them to be, there's some things that you need to work on. There's some things that you need to, you know, sit down there and, and, and come to a, a man to man or woman to woman, which is building on that person and say, hey, if I said I'm going to do this, I need to do it. At this time, I know it hurts to do it right now, and I, I but get it done. Yeah. And then that makes you feel good. It's like, oh God, God, what else can I? Do? Yeah. And you you start doing things, and you just like you become a better person. Like yeah. you, you get that vibe. So I think that's the biggest thing for the most part is just believing in yourself because it's hard. It's hard out here for for everyone. You know, I think not uh, just the pimps. Not not just the pimps. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Oh man, I was looking at this uh, uh, interview with Mary J. Blige. Yeah, Mary J. Blige is amazing. She's yeah. freaking awesome. Um, I mean, one of my favorite uh, R&B artists, and 
she was in a depressive state. Mm. You know, she was uh, really kind of down bad, not really you know, feeling herself. Yeah. Wanted to commit suicide. And mm. it's like, damn, you got somebody like this that just inspired the masses, made them feel so good about themselves. And this person doesn't feel uh, like they, you know, have accomplished a lot. So that's a lot to take from too. Like, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. There's some people out here that are highly successful and they don't feel like they've accomplished enough. But what you need to do is just realize that you are in the right place at the right time. And, you know, trust yourself and then keep going. Like, you, know, you can't stop. Mm, can't stop. 100%. I'm glad you did it because I was going to do it and I was like, I can't turn it to this. I know. I'll, I'll do it with every little dime. <laughs> Like that too. Every time, every time, every time a song come up, I'm like, girls, the girls, they love you. <laughs> but look, I'm gonna let you get up out of here. Thank you so much for joining me. If there's anything that the folks who are listening or watching, uh, watching, uh, <laughs> got from your story and they want to connect with you, how can they get connected with you? And then how can they even book an elevated picnic? Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, you guys can always hit me up on Instagram for the most part uh, at Feng Shui. At Feng Shui, at F-U-N-G-S-H-W-A-Y-D. And uh, if you want to check out our picnics as well as our beautiful decors, at Elevated Picnics, at Elevated Picnics on Instagram, Twitter, all that. And then the website is ElevatedPicnics.com to book your experience in your picnic. I promise you, it will not be, it will it will be your best experience in Atlanta for life. 100%. Yeah, definitely. We guarantee it. All day. All day. <laughs> Until next time, y'all have a good one. Peace out. Peace.